0: Thank you for joining me in my hen house. Nicole's Hen House is an audio space dedicated to the stories of women in the roles of business, healthcare, entertainment, and politics. I'm a millennial mama on a mission to tell the stories of women's influence in our culture. As always, cheering for you. A graduate of the University of Alabama at Birmingham with her master's in occupational therapy. Erica experienced a career shift from occupational therapy to the world's favorite drink, coffee. Learn about the intricacies of this beverage and everything that goes into making the perfect cup in this episode.
1: That's not true. It was towards like the tail end of the roastery and the opening of the first cafe because um, she was like, hey I got this coffee, these people are really fun, they're really cool, you should try it and you should go to their grocery and they're opening a cafe soon. So I was like cool, so I had their coffee then and then I kind of kept them in the back of my mind and then my friend needed to do a fundraiser for school and so I helped her do a fundraising event, and I decided to do it at Seeds, and Seeds was, like, maybe, like, seven months in, like, very, very fresh.
0: Oh, Um, I didn't realize you had been with it, like, since the very beginning.
1: Yeah, pretty much since it started. Um, so, like, I did that there. I really enjoyed the space a lot, and so I did some digging, found out that it was a non-profit coffee shop, so I volunteered for Seeds. Um, first and then I stopped volunteering and then I started grad school finished grad school and then I yeah um, the first one I would like to mention would be Jeffrey Healy Um, he's one of the founders one of the co-founders of seeds Mm -hmm. and um, so like I said I volunteered there stopped volunteering there and then I got hired in 2014 Um, and I was still, like, unsure as to whether it was, like, a long-term thing until maybe four years into it, he, he looked at me and he said, this is, this is your people's stuff. Like, this coffee belongs to you. It belongs to black and brown people. It belongs to women. So... Um, I was like, "What?" <laughs> so, ironically, um, it was a white man who really <laughs> heard for me and gave me permission to stay in coffee. And so, yeah, he was a really big influence in me, being like, "Yeah, this is my place. This is
0: a Western thing to do, which is mindless consumerism, and you don't think about where your stuff is sourced from." And then, right?
1: It's really, it's really insane how. Um, white people or people in general really think that black people don't drink coffee.
0: Yeah,
1: and I'm like, the birthplace of coffee is Ethiopia.
0: Right, I'm like, <laughs> that's what I had this morning, Ethiopian Chef
1: Yeah, and then now coffee is grown in places where black and brown people live. And so, what do you? How do you not think that we drink coffee? Like we grow the coffee and we right. send it here and yeah so
0: um okay this will be I'm really interested in your answer to this question what is one misunderstood thing you find in your field and what misinformation would you like to correct so I think you did correct like you just now corrected one of them and that is the assumption that black people don't drink coffee <laughs> right
1: yeah um misinformation Yeah, I think the biggest misinformation out there. I mean, there are a lot of things, but the thing that I would probably like to tackle is um, that there's one way to drink coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, the, the right way to drink coffee is however you like it. <laughs> um, yeah. You want espresso? You want pour over? You want cream in your coffee? Um, however you want your coffee is the best way to drink it. Um, obviously, you know, we just talk a lot about ethics, so I would, I would say as long as your coffee is, like, ethically sourced and intentionally sourced, however you want to drink it, it's up to you.
0: I feel like we should pause and talk about exactly, like, all of your experience, because barista is kind of, like, short-selling it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Because you've done a lot more than that. Like, your job has been very demanding at times, and, like, what you did at Seeds was not just, like, pulling a shot and, like, you know, filling somebody's reusable coffee mug. It was, you roasted the beans, you figured out who wanted these beans, like, you worked these connections to sell this stuff. Like, we should probably talk about that before we go any further, because a barista is short selling it.
1: Well, sure. So, um, I didn't actually roast... Oh, I, thought um, you did. I was just the rooster's boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um
0: again, we don't need to short sell this.
1: <laughs> I um was basically the glue between the rooster, the baggers uh, in the cafes and the wholesale team. So I would oversee order intake and make sure orders are process effectively, timely, um, so that included, like, s- like starting a system and maintaining that system um, mm-hmm. and evaluating that system of communication and, um, you know, on top of, div- like, establishing the actual bagging process. Um, yeah, giving input into design for the coffee bags. I know and, Miss
0: Lady Iron Fist. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy that my face is on a coffee bag. but I love that, it. Again, that is Mr. Jeff Huey. He wanted to do that to, like, to honor my work there and what i And to honor black people in coffee. So, um, and also, like, I'm going to... Um, rabbit trail into the bag right quick and then get back on the stuff that I did. But so the bag, uh on it I'm wearing a chocolate barista scarf. And so um I would say another big influence for me in coffee has been Michelle Johnson, aka the chocolate barista. Um
0: her Instagram feed is like the most incredible thing, like mm-hmm. As a woman, I'm like, oh my god, she's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. yes, she sometimes you just want to like, you know, like if we talk about like what you become, you behold. Mm-hmm. I want to be like her because she's no BS, right? But she's very intentional and like she's fostering mm-hmm. this culture that of respect, but also ethics at the same time without it being weighty, like without it being too heavy. Yes.
1: Um, she's done an incredible job, I mean she's been in coffee a really long time and, you know, this past competition season was a time where we had the most black people ever competing, um, and it was just her, you know, um, competing when she started, so, pretty much, so, yeah, she's been in it a long time fighting for black and brown people, for women. Um, but yeah, huge inspiration um, I highly recommend any podcast that she's been in any article that interviews her. She just has so much wisdom and um yeah her the way in which she speaks about these issues is very important to you. um I think she's been able to engage people on a global
0: scale. what I like about <laughs> how she does it is she doesn't just talk about the problem, she talks about the solution, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's not like you just right. hear about a problem, and then you, you're left feeling hopeless, she gives you the action steps to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which for sure is, is very gracious on her part, because people need to do their own work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyways, work. Alright, so, uh, what else did I do? As a production manager, I would lead a weekly meeting. Um, so the a- every person who had a touch point to production would be a part of that. So it would be um the cafe managers, the roasters, um, wholesale manager and we would all get together and like get stuff done. So I had to come up with the agenda and then like ac- come up with action items for mm-hmm. people. And then we would try to do those things
0: um i'm so glad you're like going through all of this because this is not anything anybody thinks about being involved with coffee with right the business There's side so many, of it
1: so many logistics so much thought that has to go in behind it also when coffee would arrive um i so i would keep it with the inventory um and storage and when coffee would arrive i would have to Get people together and like get it in mm-hmm. and to storage and like keep up with inventory. So, um,
0: did you yeah. help with sourcing the beans?
1: I did not help with sourcing things. Jess um, is the sourcer at Seeds. Um, mm-hmm. So, with that, he, he's the green coffee buyer. Okay.
0: Um, I didn't know if you were part I, of that process. Didn't you go on a trip or something where there was some coffee involved? I know you did the tea thing, but didn't Yeah, you... I
1: actually went on a tea trip. I haven't gone on a coffee trip. Oh. I thought um, you did go on a coffee trip. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so what I would do though is so he would he and the wholesale manager would get samples from whoever they wanted to source from, and then we would do cuppings every week. Uh-huh. So cupping is a specific way to taste coffee. It's an industry-wide thing, like there are standards to it, so um, worldwide, you can cup coffees and be able to have the same language to talk about the quality of the coffee and the taste of the coffee. Um, so I would be a part of the the weekly cuppings and be able to say, like, this is what I'm tasting or um, you know I would like to see this roasted, roasted lighter or darker or whatever mm-hmm. um, so that's where my input would come in would be like with cuppings and then with like continuing quality control
0: hmm
1: yeah
0: um, okay so, so that
1: then, job was really complex because it was it was like management of people
0: yeah
1: um, management of materials quality control, design input, and, like, scheduling. There's, like, so many
0: facets to that job. And the thing about coffee is that it kind of just doesn't sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, y'all are up when everybody else is asleep. Um,
1: Right. We have to serve people. We are ready to serve people coffee before we even have coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Think about your
0: baristas and <laughs> your coffee professionals out there. Yeah. Where I live, we there's only three coffee shops in three counties. Wow. Yeah. There's one Starbucks and two locally owned coffee shops. And um, one locally owned shop, they're closed right now. Like, Rona yeah. took them out. Um, yeah. And then there's Starbucks. And then um, there's a... Uh, and then there's aromas in um, Greenwood. Yeah. So, But both local shops are owned by women.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, okay, so speaking of women, where do you see women having the biggest influence in your field?
1: The biggest influence? Uh, that's such a hard question because women are at every part of the coffee chain, so um, maybe the part I want to talk about the most is is the part that we as consumers don't see very often is at farm level. Okay. Yeah. So, women, um, women are actually more efficient than men at picking coffee. <laughs> <So, laughs> what was that? Um, I don't know if it's like a color thing because you know men have this like color blindness trait, but you have to pick Coffee when it's like perfectly ripe. so women tend to like do that better and more quickly um,
0: okay. But I didn't know that
1: Yeah, so women are out here picking coffee um, one uh, Like I don't know. I think we see a lot of images On social media of men picking coffee which they are they're out there doing it but there there's a lot of women out there who are picking coffee who are at the washing stations who help to export the coffee and then you know that's starting to get onto the side of the chain that's on Mm -hmm. our side but yeah like i would say women are the beginning of coffee (laughs) (laughs) like there there is no coffee without women you know to actually do the work and or to, you know, take care of kids while people are doing work or cook meals or whatever. But, yeah, women are doing the work from, like, the very beginning at farm level. So.
0: That's incredible. Um, what is the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome to get to the finish line of this field? Do you feel like you're at the finish line? Hmm.
1: Um, I don't feel like I'm at the finish line. I, I feel like I've had some really great, um, work and achievement. Um, but I'm always, you still there? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, I'm always setting goals for myself and for the people around me. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm at the top, but obstacles, um, <clears throat> honestly, and. Um, whiteness, man. I think that. Yeah.
0: Especially where you work. I don't want to work where you work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not an excuse. It's just a thing that any black or brown person on this side of the chain encounters. And, you know, whiteness is not only um, an obstacle for me, but it's an obstacle for us all. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would just say, like, whiteness, because whiteness keeps you, has kept me, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be making this personal, um, has kept me from knowing that I even belong in this industry in the first place.
0: Right. Uh, Which is so shameful, because it's, like, the opposite of how it should be. Mm hmm For
1: sure. It's astounding how, Many shops are in low income neighborhoods, but are not employing people in those neighborhoods. And we could go off on gentrification. But yeah, I would say, like, whiteness, like, despite this being actually something that, you know, my ancestors have done, like, I, as a black person in America, um, I would just have just had to overcome that, have had to overcome sexism, you know, as a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say all the things that uh, a double minority normally faces, you know?
0: No, because I'm not one. But, not <laughs> <messy>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I do experience loneliness and isolation, but that's not what you're talking about. Talking about. <laughs> so, um, Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, you don't have to if you don't feel like it, but you yeah, you
1: know, I think it bleeds into some of the other questions you had, like the boys club kind of thing. So um, we
0: can skip there if you want to.
1: I mean, coffee, coffee is white male dominant. Um, and it's made, it's a field that's made for white men to excel in. Um, yeah, it's very, uh, white male dominant. And so, um, all right. So like a co- very, like common scenario would be like in a cupping where you're having to share your ideas and communicate your ideas to a group um a woman could say something and often I was the only woman in the cupping room um it wasn't always that way but it was often that way and you know a woman can say something and then a man can mansplain and Say the same thing,
0: uh-huh. and then
1: everyone's like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that. And I'm like, I literally, literally just said that.
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I, so yeah, maybe like communication to you, kind of going back to the other question, is a barrier, I would say. Um, just in general, because this industry is used to the way that men communicate, um, and women are not heard, minorities are not heard, mm-hmm. um, so, so, yeah, um, it's definitely a boys club, um, especially, like, in a cupping room, um,
0: which to me, like, that's also, like, from a consumer side as a woman, like, you don't, we don't think about the smoking in the boys' room part of it, which is why I asked that question. Do you mm-hmm. ever feel like you're smoking in the boys' room? Because all the white men I know make fun of women for going to Starbucks. But mm. they're, like, they're the target consumer. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, for sure. <sighs> all day. And um, I would say, like, now I'm, I'm very fortunate because I work in a – uh a female dominant cafe. So there are mm-hmm. more women that work in the cafe that I'm at right now than men right now. And it's it's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really I, rare experience.
0: I loved working with mostly women. Like I don't I don't miss my old work, but that was one of the comforts of my old job was mm-hmm. working with all women. I love my job now. But it's not all women. Um okay so we're gonna backtrack or one question. Do you actually enjoy the work that you do?
1: Okay, before we move on, can I say another obstacle? Yes. Um, and this was, this was probably, like, not better than whiteness, but I think it's very important and more, like, relatable overall. And um, so I would say education uh, is something I had to tackle when it comes to coffee because there's so much to... Learned about coffee and coffee has changed so much over time, very quickly. Like we, we talk about coffee in waves. So, right. first wave would be Holders, Maxwell House, like instant coffee, Nestle. You know, like the 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 things that you think of when people are drinking coffee in their home. Like mm-hmm. that's what people are drinking. That um, really got it. Americans exposed to coffee in the first place. So, mm-hmm. yeah, first wave. Yeah, second wave. Um, which would be like the Starbucks, um, or um, you know, any shop that's more focused on other things, like if it has like a, a lot of like candy or something else in the shop, that and coffee's not the primary focus, and mm-hmm. um, and they're not concerned about really like the grade of the coffee, um, so yeah, like second wave is more focused on. Darker and I would say, and like sweeter drinks. But then you have third wave coffee, um, which is where we are now. And yeah, second wave is still there for sure. And I think second wave was important. I'm not saying down second wave. Um,
0: the, the sugary drinks, like, yeah.
1: Oh, but then you have third wave where people are very intentional about the sourcing, about the grade, about quality, and there are very, very specific brew methods and recipes and things behind it. Um, So, yeah, like education. So just learning about the history of coffee, you know, we talked about the origin of coffee and how coffee is processed on the farm level. There's so much about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then how the barista prepares it and actually gets it into your cup. Coffee is a science.
0: Hi babe chicks. If you are enjoying this content or want more in-depth content, please go visit the website Nicole's henhouse.com. After the show, I would be so appreciative if you left your review on any of the listening platforms. So yeah,
1: I had to learn a lot of things on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just because our, our education was not streamlined. Right. <laughs> So I learned some things very quickly, uh, and then that was it and I was like I need to know more, you know, and especially right. getting into production, like I I needed to even though that wasn't roasting coffee, I needed to know more about roasting. Right. Um and quality control, logistics and T D S, all these things that are behind coffee, so education, um was a big barrier but I was proactive. I you know went to other shops um, learned from other people other coffee professionals I've done a, a good bit of traveling so I've been able to taste coffee in different places talk to coffee professionals in other cities um, so self-education you know was my. This, this is why I, why I am the way I am now. Um, right. And not that, you know, yeah, I, I I just think there are some baristas out there that are kind of waiting on their employers to teach them things. And not that they should be because that is an employer's responsibility, I believe. Right. But, you know, if you want to grow in your career, do something different, do something – Um, Beyond, you know, reset responsibilities like the normal day to day things,
0: and education is the most important. Right. Yeah. Amen. It's been cool to see you come alive as you've learned. It's like the the more you've learned, you um, like a you're more confident, and b Mm. it's Mm -hmm. like you become more connected with this thing that you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Um, okay, so do you actually Wait. enjoy the work that you do?
1: Yeah, I actually enjoy the work that I do. Um, yes, currently I, I really enjoy being a barista. So I work before this current position, I worked for coffee and in coffee for five and a half years, and I wasn't the most well-rounded barista. I was by far not the best barista in the shop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even though I had a lot of knowledge about other things. I, so, like, that was kind of my progression of, like, getting moved into production management. Um, I didn't actually grew, like, grow in customer service skills and, like, killing the register and latte art and... Uh, all like those things that come into like being a barista. So I I really have enjoyed this job because I've just had to be a good barista.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: it's a higher volume shop than the shop I was in. So it's more demanding, it's more challenging, faster paced, um and yeah, it's it's really been stretching me. So I I've enjoyed being a barista a lot. Um, did I enjoy my management job? Um, I didn't always enjoy that. Um, I did, there are things that I loved about it. Um, things that I mentioned, like cupping and quality control. Mm-hmm. So like, I would say like, I really enjoyed tasting coffee, having dialogues about it and like making it presentable and making it sustainable <laughs> for other people to enjoy. And that spurs more conversation, you know, and more consum- consumption of the drink. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, I'm getting lost in my thought. Um, yeah, I, it was, I didn't always enjoy that job just because it was new. So it was, I didn't I didn't share this, but basically the, when the job was offered to me, it was. I was the first production manager. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a position that already existed, right? So when they asked me to be the production manager, I was like, "Can you, can you tell me like all the things I'm gonna have to do?" And they were like, "Well, not really, because it's a new position. <laughs> so like, you're kind of creating it and making it what it's gonna be." Um,
0: that's exciting, though. Yeah. So
1: like, it was. That's why I didn't always enjoy it because it was every day mm-hmm. me trying to make it into what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. um, and that was hard <laughs> it was really hard yeah um, i i did the best i could and i hope that was good enough but yeah um i didn't always enjoy pioneering that role but I don't
0: enjoy being <sighs> pioneering is not fun it's important and god bless it we have to do it but it is not fun I don't like it i not fun I like it when the lord brings me out of it <laughs> I don't like being in it um okay so let's go back to another question have you felt like you were smoking in the boys room where you felt like you had to prove yourself, and what did you learn from that experience?
1: Uh, we didn't do that already.
0: Well, I didn't know if you wanted to elaborate.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, every day I felt like that. On um, bar, bar, um, or in the cuffing room, or in meetings. Um, I felt that way all the time, because... Most of my coworkers were men, and even if it wasn't a feeling I got from my coworkers, I would get it from customers. <laughs> um, yeah. Male customers who don't think I know what I'm doing because I'm a woman. One, mm-hmm. probably because I'm black, but two, because I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely felt. This need to to perform and it was that's not all bad like i i I tend to like thrive in those kind of situations um so it was a it was a good challenge and i yeah I wouldn't I mean, it's just, like, what every woman in coffee experiences, so. Yeah. I'm trying to give, like, a really, besides the cupping.
0: That's, that works. One,
1: I don't know, one that's really, really tangible. But, yeah, it was, like, every day, like, you're surrounded, you're surrounded by men and, like, male humor, you know? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's something that's, like, so gross. it's It's crass at times. Yeah. And I can get down with humor that's, like, not, like, pretty you know or easy um or nice but like there's just things like even or you know particularly like jokes about women or yeah whatever um that I cannot stand for so yeah no, um, humor, as far as skill like I felt like pretty skilled I didn't feel like I was like trying to like beyond like normal like barista on barista like um I don't know. It's kinda of like part of the job to be competitive, but like I didn't feel like I was like trying to like beat all the men, you know. Yeah. But socially, yeah, yeah. All
0: yeah. the time. <sighs> um, okay, so there is not a shortage of women in your field. Um no. but do you feel like they get the attention they need?
1: So, I would say there there is a shortage of women behind the bar. Oh, um, okay. So, in the field, in the industry in general, no, because there are women at every part of the chain, like I said, but as far as, like, representation behind the bar, I would say there is a shortage of women. Um, it's, again, very male-dominant, and um, every time I go into a shop and there's female barista, I... I'm so, so happy, and I make sure that, that, that woman knows that I see her, and she's doing a great job, Mm -hmm. um, and I always hope, like, I hope this, like, hope this lady's on the bar, like, on the espresso bar, specifically, Mm
0: um,
1: and, so, yeah, I think there are a shortage of women behind the bar, um,
0: so where you are, the guy-to-girl ratio is six to one, so... Do you feel like that's the ratio of women to men? So, for every one man in your area, there's six women. So, do you all have a shortage of women in your coffee shop? Uh, wait,
1: in my shop right now? Mm-hmm. Employees?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Uh, so, like, where I, where I work right now, it's mostly women. Good, okay. That, that, that's rare. Right. Um. So yeah, the dynamics vary. Ski. We have at my shop one. No wait. Maybe the guys. It's hard right now because some people are like not working. You know. Yeah. Because of the virus. So I think right now we have two male employees mm-hmm. at my shop, and then um. You know, it's, it's it's different numbers if you look company. Yeah, and my, I, but, I, you know, as far as, like, cafes out there in general, like, it's heavily male uh, men actually get paid more, like, male baristas get paid more sometimes, and female baristas, this should
0: never be the case, but it is. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, sorry, I forgot the rest of the question.
0: Well, so that's what we can start looking for, coffee shops that are run by women and have women behind yeah. the bar. Right. Okay. Well, now we That's know what you want. Yeah. What accomplishment are you most proud of with your barista skills or with like your working coffee in general? Mentor. Um, and
1: because, um, you know, they are a woman who has already navigated these spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be important. Try to find another woman that's already been in coffee that can give you some ins, um And if they can't, don't have time to teach you, they can at least give you some resources. Um. Yeah, I think the number one thing is if you don't uh, drink a lot of coffee, then start drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you drink Um, coffee?
0: Like, do you even like coffee still?
1: Yeah, it's so delicious and fascinating. Does it ever get old? Coffee is one of the most complex things you can consume, actually. Um, Because of the composition of the bean itself, there's so many aromatics and oils and, you know, the different proteins and sugars that are in coffee it's mm-hmm. it's a wildly complex food um and in beverage so yeah I love coffee it uh I mean palate fatigue and yeah I get palate fatigue for sure um but that's why you need to train yourself to drink a lot of coffee so that you Can don't get palate nice. fatigue really fast um
0: do you mean drink different varieties or just drink a lot of it?
1: Um both. Like Okay. Um so yeah, drink for sure different coffees from different roosters, um in different regions. and because the terroir is different mm-hmm. everywhere and elevation of coffee is different everywhere. Um so coffee tastes different. Um, you know, people, usually people have an Ethiopian coffee that tastes like blueberries. Mm-hmm. And it, it rocks them because <laughs> they are used to, um, I don't know, coffee that's more like chocolate, nutty, you know, classic.
0: Yeah, so actually I've been, so that was the case. I don't know. We had our coffee specially roasted at the end and it had like that chocolate nutty flavor. And mm-hmm. then, um, now I've, re- like, I'm right now I'm in some Ethiopian yogurt Chef, and, uh, it's more of the berry and fruity flavor. So I don't know what's going to be next.
1: Yeah.
0: I'll probably um, order some of yours, actually. I was thinking, like, when this coffee runs out, I'm going to order some Iron Fist. <sighs> yeah, you should
1: totally get Iron
0: Fist. Or yeah. I haven't ordered yeah. any coffee from your current shop, so do y'all ship should-
1: yeah, we do. We ship, and we have subscriptions. Oh, and well um, then I'll order some from, y'all, from your shop. I haven't had any from there. We can talk off of the record about maybe what you would like.
0: Okay. I would like to have that conversation. Um, okay, so what is your favorite thing about what you do, and what is your least favorite thing about what you do? And, like, actual thing or task. Like, what is your favorite tasks that you do, and what is your least favorite task that you do? Okay, so least
1: favorite is very easy. Least favorite would be cleaning.
0: I don't um. like to clean either. Like, that's like, <laughs> I won't make a mess in the kitchen. Like, I loved food service, because I could do whatever I wanted in the kitchen, but then, like, cleaning up was not my jam. hmm
1: So, yeah, there is a lot of cleaning um, that goes into Eriza's tasks. Um, so that would be least favorite. It's very obviously very important to be clean, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like if you're a closing barista, um, you get most of the cleaning duties and that. Um, favorite thing about what I do, for sure, is tasting coffee with people. Mm. Um, I think that's what is very intriguing to me about coffee is conversation whether it's about coffee itself or about something else
0: um, do you mean with your customers or with your team or both
1: yeah both. I think it's a very spiritually engaging beverage um, but yeah tasting it with co-workers and talking about it talking about life tasting it with customers
0: Do you ever Um, feel like at times you're like a bartender where people like (laughs) need to like have a drink and like air their story with you?
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, Reese's are proud of, uh, our customers and proud that we can hold space for our customers. Um, yeah, it, it obviously is not as, I mean, I kind of think it depends on the setup of the shop. Um, but yeah, probably not as you know, deep as a bartender. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Um, and th- that's great because um, I see, I see making coffee as a spiritual service. Um, this is something else that Jeff Heaney taught me. Um, making coffee and drinking it with a person and holding that space—that is a spiritual service to someone. Um, and so it makes sense that you know these heart things would come out, you know, when you're serving someone coffee.
0: Um, I love that and
1: so People are just trying to drink coffee to get through life, you know? Uh, All the
0: coffee. mamas said amen.
1: <laughs> right. So, yes, there are a lot of feelings um, from coworkers and customers alike, but we love it. Um, it's emotional labor.
0: Yeah. It's part of what we do. Is Do you feel like that's what makes you tired when you come home? Um, well, Like, what you it, do is physically demanding, but also, like... It's like food service and hospitality, not only is it physically demanding, it's also like mentally draining because you're engaging human beings with mm-hmm. an exchange.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a dynamic social social space, you know. Mm-hmm. Um there are so many different kinds of people coming in and out of the shop. You know how are those people interacting with each other? How are those inter- people interacting with the baristas? Um, I'm probably more aware of that than some people. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it's sometimes it's just emotional, emotionally weird, because you're constantly trying to gauge what's going on in the cafe, what's going on behind the bar. How how do those two things like interact and um
0: yeah.
1: mm mm-hmm. Um, let alone the, the things that people just volunteer to share, you know.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Um okay. So technology is ever changing. How will it improve how will it change the relationships you have with your current with your customers and um how will it improve it? Mm
1: mm-hmm. Uh, technology, um, so, a fascinating fact, um, do you, do you know about the history of the webcam? No. Yeah, so, webcams were actually invented so that humans could watch the coffee pot, so...
0: (laughs) That um, makes so much sense. (laughs)
1: People were working <laughs> office space, and you know, they're working, and they need coffee. And they would be disappointed every time they would come to the coffee pot and there's no coffee made. So they made the webcam so that they can always see if there's coffee in the pot
0: or not. <laughs> um, that is like, isn't that wild? Necess—that's like a, it's, it it makes the statement "necessity is the mother of invention" true.
1: <laughs> Literally true um because people are like i need my coffee so i need to make this thing so i can know if there's coffee or not
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um so that's a a way that coffee has influenced technology technology influences coffee um and yeah i mean webcams i mean those have had such a big influence on society um but yeah as far as like other technological advances um i mean there are machines that make pour rivers now like we actually have one in my shop it's called an sp9 uh i despise it <laughs> not because it's not you can get good coffee out of it but um because i would actually be referring to pour those coffees rather than machines right um so I mean people have them because they're convenient and in a rush you know if there's a million things to do you can just set this machine and it'll make coffee and it'll taste good so why not use it
0: right but
1: um yeah again coffee is like a ritual for me it's a spiritual thing so I would want to be doing that instead of the machine and I just I think that's kind of my qualms with technology right now is uh how much social interaction it is taking away from a very social beverage you know like it's (laughs) um technology can be very counterintuitive i think to the goals that we actually have with coffee um or for coffee so yeah, I see, you know, it's crazy. We just built the biggest Starbucks in the world, in Chicago, um, and, yeah, like, speaking of Starbucks, so actually, I think Starbucks is planning to launch this mobile cafe thing, and that is going to, like, people are going to be able to get coffee fast much anywhere on any street corner um so i guess what i'm saying is like technology is great because a lot of times it's to make something more efficient or something more accessible right it's great but when it becomes a thing of um just like Numbers over people, you yeah. know, that's my qualms with technology. So I see I, I foresee coffee becoming more impersonable Which is mm. really sad Because yeah. um, it's just about you know, it's essentially the Press a button and give me coffee. That's what I want. I don't want to yeah. interact with a barista. I don't want to wait I don't want to um, Yeah, like have that time
0: I think people. in a way, like, accessibility is good. So, like, you know, I, I live in a rural area. There is no accessibility. Like, we don't have it. Right. Um, except our little locally-owned coffee shops. And they're fine. They serve a yeah. lot of Guatemalan, and I don't love that. <laughs> it's just not the best coffee. <laughs> um, but, um, it, you know, accessibility isn't something that is, can be overlooked. Where it's important, mm-hmm. but I don't know that it's going to come to like backwards South Carolina.
1: <laughs> In a space with people I didn't ever enter, like people who were strangers to me at the beginning, mm-hmm. and being able to taste coffees with people and like form a language together around it, um, that's probably the most. Like fulfilling and like wow I can do this um -hmm. I am doing this and I'm doing a good job Um, I was
0: so proud of you when you told me about your first competition I was like help yes she's here she's doing it she's taking her space I love it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so um I I would say like the moments where I'm outside of my shop and I'm interacting with other coffee professionals um, whether that's in competition or whether that's just like personal travel or
0: mm-hmm.
1: whether that's, you know, travel for work. Um, just getting into anytime I'm in a different space and I can have a meaningful connection with um, the people around me, that's those are the moments that I'm like, yeah we're in this together, and it's good,
0: you know. mm mm-hmm. um,
1: he- This is probably the hardest question. I, other than being in coffee, which being in coffee is, in and of itself, like, really beautiful. Um, I'm also in coffee for other personal goals. Um, and, like, it allows me to live my life in, in a way that is meaningful, um, but yeah, as far as, like, a career that's, like, I don't know, for money or whatever, um, I would say probably writing, um, yes, so maybe being a full-time writer, um,
0: but I really like
1: to write poetry, um, and short prose, um, but yeah, I would, I would be a poet. You could be. Yeah. I've been writing some um, since I moved here,
0: but yeah. Okay, that it, that makes so much. That's like you saying that makes part of you. I guess, more... It gives me a better picture of who you are. Hmm. It's That's like, true. Oh, right. Like, that makes total sense for Erica. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know why I didn't see that before. Yes. <laughs> like, um, Okay, so you talked about goals. Um What are your goals for expansion or development in your field?
1: Hmm. Um, my goals are just to keep traveling
0: mm-hmm. and
1: meeting people and allowing uh them to shape me um I I don't have any like well, actually that's not true. um yeah, I just I want to... Make my shop the best that it can be, so um, I'm working on that, and um, really focus on that, but yeah, like I guess my goals are just to like, keep traveling, keep like learning from other people in the industry mm-hmm. um, I would love to apply to uh she's a roaster um so i that sounds so exciting that part of things i think i've pretty much done you know i haven't roasted and i'm not a green coffee buyer but you know and i haven't opened my own cafe uh keep putting myself in spaces where i can cup Mm -hmm. with people um and see where that goes um just keep visiting different shops and being in different environments and. Oh yeah, I was talking about she's a rooster. So, um, there's a really incredible woman, Jen Apodaca. She is the current, um, U.S. Cup Tasters champion. Okay. And she has her own brand called Mother Tongue, but yeah. Uh, she started, she's a roaster, and it's, you can apply to it, and you can get a scholarship to learn about roasting, um, so, yeah, that's probably the next thing to dive into, is just, like, roasting education, even though, like, I don't plan to be a full-time roaster, um, Definitely like knowledge that I want, and actually, so she's a um You can complete a program and get your Q grader certificate. So, um, that's awesome. So, I want to be a Q grader, that's my next goal. (laughs) Sorry, that was a roundabout way to say I want to be a Q grader.
0: That's awesome.
1: It makes total sense just to be more educated on the quality control side of things. Cause then like you're able to actually, like you become a, a person who is officially able to grade coffee and yeah, you know, taste it and get fe- needed feedback. And um, that can kind of lead into like the importing, coffee buying kind of realm.
0: And like where uh, you are geographically, that would be so important to have there
1: great i'm in charleston there's a port here there's a coffee importing there's there's an importer here yeah. about balzac brothers um so
0: yeah and like there's so many little coffee shops that are locally owned and thriving that could totally use them. park circle yeah there's a coffee shop that's like otherworldly over there but haven't been to. Mm. Really. yeah when Rona is over, we should go to that coffee shop and then go to Goodwill.
1: Definitely.
0: It's a date. I I can't bring the kids. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, like I want to spend a couple of hours down there.
1: Yeah, totally. Let's
0: do it. They weren't closed this weekend. I'll break the rules and do it. Okay. Because <clears throat> that's how I roll. Are y'all closed? my shop Mm -hmm. no
1: um
0: are y'all considered a central
1: we are considered a central business me too but we have limited or shorter hours than we normally would um but we are open
0: um every day good well i'll put your shop in the show notes so people can come to your shop and get some coffee and great in addition to like going and buying a cup of coffee, like please buy a bag of beans, um, yes and get the chicken wrap.
1: Mmm, that's goody. It's
0: my favorite. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I had it, and that was last September.
1: Yeah, that'd be really awesome. To have people coming into the cafe, you can make some coffee talk about it, eat some good food. Yeah, Kate does a really great job.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Nicole's Hen House. It is a great value to me to have your ears tuned to the variety of guests on our show. If you found this content insightful, I would greatly appreciate a review on any listening platform. To contact Nicole's Hen House, visit the site Nicole'sHenhouse.com or you can find me on Instagram at Nicole's Hen House. As always, cheering for you!